also want to be in homeostasis, right? So if we have lived at a certain level of energy our whole life, that feels comfortable and normal for us. And there's like, there's a whole, there's an, a movie from the 80s called What the Bleep Do We Know that I watched like last year and I was like, mind blown. And it was talking about this in like a biochemical sense, right? So if we're used to our biochemicals operating at a certain level, we will do everything to kind of keep it at that point. Now, there's something really interesting, and this is my view around alcohol because it's important, right? Welcome to the 1000 Days Sober podcast. My name is Lee Davey. I am not an alcoholic. I refuse to be anonymous. I am someone that doesn't drink alcohol, and I spend every moment of the day helping other people do the same. Very quick intro today, guys. Um, We have on the show today an incredible human being. Her name is Rochelle Love Raku. She is a consciousness coach and she's dedicated to helping overwhelmed parents unlock the power of their intuition while being conscious leaders and role models to their children. And today we... We have a little bit of a jive, right? We have a little bit of a chinwag around what I've termed spiritual agnosticism. You know, it's like there's a lot out there in the world, isn't there, about uh, spiritualism, energy, Zen, being in the zone and all that kind of stuff, believing in um, angels, psychic readings, uh, multiple lives, um, God, all that kind of stuff, the universe, spirit, energy, source. Um, and at the same time, There are some of us in this world, like myself, who find that extremely interesting, but there is also a little bit of our rationality and our logic, which is like, okay, I can't quite dive into this 100% because I need to see some evidence or I need to see some proof or I really don't understand it. And if I don't understand it, then I'm not quite sure if it's true or not. And I found myself over the last couple of years in particular being a little bit of a hypocrite, right? Like, so I find myself saying things like, yeah, the universe is showing me signs. The universe is doing this, doing that. And then there's a part of me thinking, what are you on about, Lee? Like, who is the universe? Who who are you talking about? Like, so, so this whole thing around being in a spiritual camp and being in a non-spiritual camp has led me to be spiritually agnostic. So I don't really know what the fuck is going on, to be honest. Um, However, I take pieces and parts of it and I apply it to my life and it really, really works and it really helps. So I was thinking to myself, if you want to be alcohol-free as fuck, for example, and you are reading books and taking training courses or hanging around with people who were who are really talking about spirituality in a, in a deeper way and you do get confused you do get a little bit lost and you're kind of like well i don't really know if i believe this i don't really know if how i can apply this into into my life um i don't know if i will lose who i am whether i am authentic or inauthentic then this is a conversation for you because um i would say that in terms of uh, spirituality, me and Rochelle are kind of like polar opposites, you know, like she's a, she's a psychic. She's deep into that kind of stuff. She also has her own skepticism, uh, but I'm on the other side of it. Whereas I'm more rational, more logic. I'm more likely to be in my head. Rochelle's more likely to be in her body and her spirit and her soul. Um, but together, uh, we, we make a really big difference in the world, helping people to overcome their issues and uh, to live consciously. Right. So I hope you really enjoy this conversation. If you have any questions at all for Rochelle or myself, email me at the strive method at gmail.com. And if you want to join our wonderful strive community and start questing, being alcohol free as fuck and like just living more consciously, then email me at strive method at gmail.com and we'll get you enrolled. Okay. All right. Much love. I'm going to shut the hell up and leave you in the capable hands of the beautiful, the amazing, the awesome Rochelle Love Raku. Rochelle Raku. How are Hi, you? Lee. How are you doing? Oh, I love I love that question. I, I am actually doing very well in this now moment. I am like sparkling and really excited to be here with you. Well, that question, how are you? That could actually bring us into our topic of conversation, right? So I've already told uh, the folks at home a little bit about you. And we'll we'll cover your life story a little bit in, in in a bit, but um, let's just cover this question of how are you, right? So, I had dinner with a guy a couple of nights ago, and um, 
he was a, a new basically he he's he he runs like a, a local hub around here like a health hub and um his name's Rico and I loved his energy and I was like okay Rico do you want to go out for like coffee and he's like sure so we exchanged numbers and we went out a couple of nights ago okay and um while we were talking one of the one this thing come up about like how are you like how are you doing you know and and Rico's energy is I'm doing great man like like everything's great and I look at him and I really don't think there's any inauthenticity there I actually think he is doing really great right but then the conversation switched to vibration and you know I'm the type of person if you say to me how you doing and I feel shit like I just had a fight you know with my wife before I came on it um so it's like how are you feeling um well actually I'm feeling pretty sad and feeling pretty low, I'm feeling pretty down, feeling pretty incapable. Um, yep. <laughs> and then you get I hit sometimes with the feedback of, that's low vibration, man. <laughs> that's I low vibration. So, yeah. so I'm kind of like, okay, so am I, what am I supposed to do? Am I, am I supposed to be real? Or, or, and if I'm real, am I putting the wrong energy out there, the universe? Or am I supposed to be inauthentic? Or am I supposed to get myself into a different state? And then I I get into this funk, this what I'm starting to call spiritual agnosticism. <laughs> I love that you've I love that you've called it something already. It's good. It's good once we label things, right? We have an opportunity to have a look at them and like explore them. So I love that. Um, that's, that's the title and- to the podcast. I just decided. Beautiful. I am like actually smiling from ear to ear because I have like the um, the synchronicity of this, which is like an, a buzzword, right? Of course, but the synchronicity of this in my world that's happened this week because I have been answering very truthful and uh, truthfully, and I'm a person who um, is probably a bit like Rico, right? Like I'm like I vibrate at a high level. I like usually have a lot, a lot of joy, and this week I've been experiencing sadness. I've been experiencing a lot of low vibrational stuff in the earlier earlier in the week because I opened up some, some big, heavy wounds. Mm. But one of the things I really realized that I've been sitting with is I had some big stuff coming up around parenthood and, um, and, and that not feeling good enough. And I recognize fully that I am beautiful at masking it and running to joy and running to that high vibration. I'm very good at switching my state into that. And this week I'm like, actually, I get to sit with what's underneath it and what's here and allow this sadness because I get to just say yes to what's here instead of going, oh, I can. I can easily switch into joy and easily do that. And I also use that as a mask for not actually feeling what's currently present in my world. And, yes, sadness is a lower vibration. Like if we look, at, we, there's, they've, they've measured the different emotions and where they sit. Like shame is the lowest, most dense vibrational emotion that we feel. And, like, bliss is, like, is high and up there, right? And, and joy is really high. But, and so that, like, that can really sit in the body and that's why we feel really, like, low and dense when we're feeling a lot of sadness. But, what I see the most in this spiritual world that's like a really challenging thing to get people to be with is like that that running to just like, oh, I'm really happy and high vibe is just a fucking mask, like everything mm. else. And and, and, and it's- you can you can flip that as well, right, and say that, I mean, I've had it thrown at me that in my realism and in my acceptance i think acceptance for me is a big word like my acceptance that it's okay and i'm okay and i'm normal and i love myself for being in my sadness and my shame and my jealousy and my envy and my anger then the counter of what you're saying gets thrown at me sometimes of well you're um you, it's almost like an upper limit problem so um because you're in that state and you're in that state a lot you're actually preventing yourself from accessing joy happiness bliss and gratitude because you're afraid of where it will take you and it gets my whole worry around spiritualism, if you like, and I'll bat this back over to you, is is it's just so fucking confusing. And for someone like me who's very rational and logical, I I I struggle with confusion. I, I want to see clarity and I wanna see, I wanna see and I want to experience it to get it and to accept it. And I find I find that really challenging. Yep. And when you say it, what are you referring to, Lee? I'll give you an example. Let's see if this goes somewhere. So one of one of the 
things that I really enjoyed about my time with Rico was um, twice. And this is the first time I sat down with him and talked to him uh, for more than like 10 minutes. Um, and twice in the two hour conversation, he called me out. Right. Yeah. And, and, and it triggered me in the moment, but then I liked it because I, I realized that I've created a life of echo chambers because echo chambers keep me safe. Yeah. Even, even my community in Stripe that I created in a way I created it as an echo chamber. So I, I could be the voice. I could be the person saying, this is the way that you stop drinking alcohol. And then everyone goes, oh, wow, that's groovy, right? Like, we agree with you. <laughs> it's like an echo chamber. <laughs> and, th- and basically, I said um, to him, um, I know where my work is right now. I said, um, this is like the worst of Liza, my wife. No, this is the best of Liza, my wife. I'm holding up yeah. something in the camera for those who are not listening. And uh, and this is the worst of Liza, my, my wife. And I love the best of her. And I tell myself I love the worst of her, yeah. Um, but I'm not quite sure that I do, and and that's my work, right? Like, how can I love the worst of her? Now, and then Rico said, "Oh my God, I can't believe you just used that word. Like, I can't believe you said the word worst. That is so low vibration." <laughs> and I was ta- I was taken aback a little bit, and then I was um, I then went into the and this is to answer your question. I then went into the okay, who, who determines its low vibration? Who determines its high vibration? Like, yeah. do, we re- do we read a book and someone says the word worst is low vibration and if you use low vibration words, you're going to be low vibration? Like, I'm kind of like, do I just agree with this? Like, do I not agree with it? So I need, it's almost like I need to have scientific evidence or proof that the word worst is low vibration and it's actually acting like that in my life rather than I just got to take it on faith, right? Right. And the crazy thing is, right, especially with words, because it's funny that we mentioned labels earlier, right, especially with words, is when you use the word worst, that you have attached to this label of that word, you're going to have all of these things based off your life experience. Yeah. And and for him, like, that is the worst word ever and it's so live vibrational but for you it's like oh it's just a comparative statement because we have totally different ways of humaning and totally different filters and totally different um experiences with different labels of different words that it's going to be a um a totally different experience and what i'm hearing you say i think lee beneath what what um is being said is like um who decides if that's right or wrong yeah, like why, that, yeah. Is this, why is this this like pursuit and i i fucking love this because there is it seems to be like spiritual people are like oh we're gonna we're gonna you know be up here and we're gonna do all these things and kumbaya and it's all beautiful for everyone else but we actually fucking came here to be human and humans experience sadness humans experience depression humans experience a shit ton of ta- shame like mm. it's a normal part of the human experience and we came here to experience that and that was one of the things that I realized in 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 this last week that I've been like oh I've been avoiding the the pain and the hurt that's here by bandaging over with like oh you know I can see the best in it and I can I can do that and I can go into joy and that low vibration of like unworthiness of like feeling like I'm doing a terrible job and feeling like I'm broken inside is also there. And it's kind of like, I feel like um, the biggest thing that gets to happen in our humanity is we get to learn to experience the whole gamut of things. And then each moment we decide which vibration is, is necessary. But often it's like, it's here in our body, right? It's it's what's here. But even when what you're talking about with Liza, right? Yes, like there is the best of everything. It's the same as my my feelings, right? Of like, oh yes, I can say I'm an amazing parent and I can get feedback from my children that I'm amazing and I can set it up in a way that I'm amazing. But then also this feeling of unworthiness and not being good enough is also there. Mm. And it's not about me choosing one or the other, both of them fucking exist. Like both of them exist in the moment. And sometimes it's a matter of like, which one do I want to explore right now? Which one to have a space for? It's much easier to like shove the little shame one down and carry on 
or just look at the good parts of Liza or just look at the good parts, you know, of your partner, right? But the other one exists and if we keep shoving it down, I see energy, whenever we shove an energy down, it's like a freaking toddler and they're mm. going to start like pulling on you and when you give them no attention, it's going to get bigger and it's going to get bigger and then they're having a full fucking tantrum and you're like, where did this come from? Yeah, I what I really liked about what you said then, like a little light bulb moment for me, was um, how, in this case, Rico looks at the use of my words of best and worst um, in one way. So he has a filter and lens of this is how I uh, portray that to be. And then I'm actually using it in more of a metaphorical sense uh, of a way of comparing that there are parts of this human being that trigger the shit out of me. And my work is to not allow those parts of her to push me into my anxious attachment style. My my job is to experience the, the bits that trigger me and remind me of my mom and remind me of teachers and remind me of bullies and all this kind of stuff and remain secure and respond from that place. Now, I, I think, so I actually believe that is a superpower. And I think, I think, what happens is when I'm confronted by an opposing viewpoint to that, I think I, again, my, my learning here is not really even spiritual. I think it's, it's finding a way to physiologically avoid being triggered long enough to be curious, to just be curious. Like, wow. Okay. You think that about this, why is that then? And, 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 and not, and not turn it into a debate. I'm not yeah, very good at good that. Luck, right? Yeah, I'm not very good at that. <laughs> you know what? We're fucking human, right? And we we sometimes we forget that we're actually biological beings that we, we kind of push that out of the equation. But once you are triggered and you have an overload in your system, you lose access to the part of your brain that is able to make all those contextual things. You lose your, you lose your frontal lobe. You can't think of all of it at once because you've currently just been triggered into like, this is unsafe. I've just been told I'm wrong. Or I've just been told that, that whatever, whatever the story was inside that's activated that trigger, it's, it's then a biological thing that happens when it's shut down the part of your brain that can be curious. Yeah. And it's gone straight into that reactive place because that is what the job of our nervous system is when we're confronted by different senses. And mm. one of our biggest thing is being accepted, right? Like as humans, we have the fear of falling and we have the fear of loud noises that are already ingrained and the need to be accepted. So the fear of like not being part of the herd is like literally hardwired into us because as a little baby, we are completely defenseless. Mm. So we have to right? So that, that being triggered in your body biologically, like good luck getting out of that. Good luck. Like, I don't know how you're going to do that. You, 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 I mean, for me, this is another thing that I I, I said to Rico, which um, again, he he called me out on it and, and don't, and don't get me wrong in the, in the, in the last two or three days, these two things where he called me out, have really got me into a deep whirlpool of thinking uh, about how I can actually take those both things and, and work with them and, and to improve my life. Um, and, and, and so I really like that. The other one was um, I called myself a fuck up, right? Like I, I said, um, I, I think I'm, an, I was talking about parenting and I said, I just want, I want you to know, like, I'm an amazing dad. Like I'm the best dad ever. Like I'm so proud of my father and abilities. Um, and I'm also a complete fuck up, right? Like I, I hurt my kids so much. I my inner child comes out all the time. I bully them. I, I can be a narcissist with them. All the things that you read about that you should never do to your children, um, I've probably done them uh, other than physically harm them. Right? Like I'm a fuck up. And then again, it was like, oh my god, right? Like should never say that about yourself because that's so low vibration. You put it out to the universe that you're a fuck up. The universe is going to treat you like a fuck up. And then I go into complete, like, my brain just melts down. I'm like, really? I I don't think that. But then I'm like, is he right? Like, like, is he right? So I look at Strive, for example, and I look at my community, and when I see a parent really struggling, and when I can turn around and say, do you know what? I, I don't like my kids sometimes, and I make so many mistakes, and sometimes I hurt them deliberately. 
And then afterwards, I have to forgive myself and I have to go put that right. And in that moment, I see that other human being opening up and I see some tears and some sadness and some relief that they're not abnormal. And at the same time, I imagine there are people who aren't in strive because they think by saying that I'm low vibration or I'm doing the wrong thing. So there's a question for you then, and then I'll hand the mic over to you. It's like, are we saying then that this question of vibration and um, spirituality or whatever it is, I mean, energy, all that kind of stuff, right? Are we saying that it's less about, is it less about vibration? Is it is, is this more about victim and victim consciousness? Like, is this like, I'm okay to say that I was a victim, but I'm not going to be in victim consciousness. Like, I don't feel like I'm in, I don't know. Is that something to do with it? I This is really interesting. <laughs> I love it because we're talking about children. Never mind. <laughs> they, ca- they pop in. <laughs> busted, like gotten a knife and busted into my room. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So good. And he's like, I can hear you. I. It's such an interesting thing, right? Because victim consciousness, if we're going to go into that, it's like that's the ultimate of low b- vibration in so many different ways. But it's <laughs> – how good is that? Um, right? But it's also like even in the situation that you're talking with Rico, like he, like – using that word for him, like you're a victim if you're using that word, right? So there's a whole lot of different, it's hard to kind of, it's hard to, I I don't see the two things as the same thing. I just think that when we're talking into vibration of, of things, we, we want to say in the spiritual world that we're all connected and everything exists in one, at, at once. And then a lot of people want to ignore the fact that there is a lot of darkness and there is a lot of shadow for every piece of light. There's a piece of shadow, right? So I personally think that ignoring those things is um, is it creates more shadow. It creates more shame for people, especially in the world of parenting. Like I love that you shared that because every time I share about my experience, um, it's exactly the same thing. Like allowing people to realize that it's normal to experience the darkness instead of pretending it doesn't exist. Mm. Yeah, and that that and that I'm I'm gonna uh, like me saying yeah sometimes i don't like my kids <laughs> it's like like liza doesn't agree with that like she's she's on a different side of that one right like she she will be like oh, hang on that's that's not right you know that's not right and and for me actually saying that now feels really free to me and normal but there was a time when i was afraid to say that cuz i felt that i would be shunned by society so yeah. I think I think there's a part of a part of my ego that fights back against people when I'm when I'm when I feel like I'm being vulnerable and brave and saying the unsayable and then I get hit back about it. I, I think that's a part of my ego gets angry. Yeah. And um, it's interestingly that you um that in that moment as well, you made it mean something about you instead of like actually, oh, interesting that this person is so dedicated to living at that high vibration that they're not willing to look at the realness of like of everything else that's here. Or, like, Or maybe, or maybe, uh, maybe he does. Like that is not a conversation we had. This is why I'm talking about the curiosity. I, I found myself listening. Like I, I find spiritual energy overwhelming. So, so I find myself just Actually, it was a really good lesson for me in listening because even though I get feedback that I'm a really good listener, I do tend to talk a lot more. Like I, I, I get during this podcast, you're my guest. If we, if we like t- look at the math on on the minutes, I probably will talk more because that's that's what I do, right? So, so this was an opportunity for me to listen. Um, so probably the dark and 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 the shadows and all that is there as well. Um, I didn't ask enough questions. I was just kind of like taking it, taking all of this in. I just found, I just found it really difficult to respond to, to the, the whole energy and vibration. It it was, I don't know. Was it, was it higher than I was vibrating at? Like I, I don't even know or understand vibration and energy really. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. And um, I think that's the thing that I, I was touching on before is like the energy 
like it's all going to be contextual based on your filters, right? It's based on you and your nervous system and how you believe things should be is going to be very different to the next person. And so he has a beautiful belief system and he's operating his, his life from that. And it's also, you have your belief system and it's totally different to his by the sounds, but you're allowing your, um, your world to be expanded by his experience and how he's talking. Mm. And it doesn't mean that it's, it's an interesting thing when we, um, decide that the other person's experience is wrong compared to ours. Yeah. But there's definitely a bit of that going on for me, for sure. Um, whenever I, whenever I speak to people who, I mean, you, me and me and you have done like you've done you've you've done readings with me from Australia, yep. <laughs> you know. And there's a part of me like when you ask, I'm like, what the fuck, yep. <laughs> like. And then there's another part of me like, well, let's just do it. Yep. But then there's a third part that's like, am I gonna am I gonna block any potential healing because of my lack of faith or willingness to just surrender? I love, I love this because I am literally the most skeptical psychic person on the face of the planet. And <laughs> I'm like, I come from a very medical, very like, like I'm a podiatrist in my, you know, future thing. And I come from doctors and like my whole thing is like science, right. And having evidence to prove the science and what exactly it is. And so for me to be gifted this gift like the hardest thing, I, and which is why I fucking love the universe, right? Because it's like we're going to give you this gift that no, you can't fucking prove to anybody what's going on for you, and then and then also make you so scientific minded that you don't want to share because you're like, holy cow, what are people going to think of me? Uh, and then I've had these experiences where I'm like, I can't deny what has happened in that experience. The very first time I did a reading, I was just like, okay, let's try it. Like stuff comes through for me when I do like Reiki healing. So, and somebody asked me if I was, a, if I was psychic, I was like, look, stuff comes through. Let's just do one. I literally was there in my head, Lee. I'm saying words like of images that I'm getting and I'm, and I'm literally saying these Okay, there's squiggly lines like this and there's like there's a, like a hand painting, like an Aboriginal blow on your hand, hand painting, and then there's this rainbow colour and like, oh, there's this kid in your, I think it's one in your class and he's really like he's got spirit energy or like shooting energy. In my head I'm like, this person thinks I'm freaking insane. Like <laughs> I'm just saying random words, right? And then I'm like, she's saying nothing back to me, like gives me nothing at all. She's like, okay, okay, yeah, I know who you're talking about, okay. And at the end she tells me a story about how she took her class and they went and saw the turtles and then on the way back from the turtles they went to the Aboriginal caves, which like I don't know this story. And then the boy that I was talking about was drawing those wiggly symbols on the page and made a manta ray and he'd seen a different, like it just, everything connected. And I was like, whoa, like, whoa. But I give you faith then. Well, I just kind of hung up the phone. I'm like, I don't even know how to be with that anymore. So I like just ignored it for ages. And now I've had so many of those experiences that I'm now in a place where I trust what's coming through. And I also totally understand the human that's like wants to question everything. Yeah. And both of those parts of me exist. I totally trust what's coming through. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? That can't be real at the same time. Becoming ambivalent around our alcohol use is confusing, uncomfortable, and downright terrifying. Alcohol is so embedded in our lives that we can't imagine our life without it. And at Strive, we get that. So why not take one step at a time, starting with diving deep into our book, The Strive Method, Control Alcohol for 30 Days Before It Controls You for the Next 30 Years. Head over to www.thestrivemethod.com to purchase and receive a Santa sack full of freebies today. So one of the things that Rico was talking about that I found really interesting was he, he used the word uploads and also... Um, messages Download. so he would so yeah well he was using the word uploads and, he, and messages so he would meet people and they and he would get messages through them right and um and i think what's happening is we just i mean we're just using rico because we had this conversation the other day but 
any all human beings, me and you, we both have a way of turning the our perception into reality. Our perception becomes reality, right? So we're looking at the world and we are programming ourselves to look at it in a certain way and to experience it in a certain way. Um, so, f- and then I'm doing it differently. So for me at the moment, and it changes as you grow and develop, right? So for me at the moment, I'm testing um, the theory that I have all the answers to all of my most puzzling questions within myself, like Rico, Rochelle, uh, Preston Smiles, Stefano Sifanos, they may trigger something. But ultimately, when I look back on my life of every single moment when I when something's happened, it's because I made a choice or a decision that went into a cause and effect scenario that ended up with the result that I got. So, but for me, I think when I when I think to myself, how do I get out of my own way to allow that innate wisdom to receive the messages that are being pushed in from the world? I still feel and think very rational and logical. I'm still I'm still saying to myself, what is it that I need to do to get out of my own way? Oh, I need to meditate. Oh, I need to set my alarm every couple of hours to go off to remind me to check into myself. Like I'm still very rational, logical. Where some people are like, you set alarms? You set a lot. Why do you set alarms? Uh, to remind me to check in whether I'm in ego or whether I'm in self. Yeah. That's, that's fucking nuts. Like, why aren't you in self all the time? I'm like, because I'm not. And, yeah. and and honestly, my and my my slopsism, I guess, of being in my own head is like I don't believe that seven point eight billion people in the world are in self energy all the time. <laughs> like I don't believe anyone is. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's that rational and logical clashing with the the unknown. I mean, you could throw God and religion into this, I guess. Like, what's the difference between believing that there was a God and believing that there's that we're all one in the universe and everybody's connected and we can energy and vibration and law of attraction. Like to me, I'm, I'm struggling to find a difference there. In, in the difference between everything and everything being everything and God, like the, the universe of the universal law and, or, and of God, is that what you're talking about? The difference in what? I guess, I guess when I, when I like, I don't believe in God, right? Like I don't go to church. I don't, I don't, I don't believe in a biblical God. Yeah. And that God was created by man. Yes. Say it, saying this is true. Believe it. Yeah. So so then if somebody says leprechauns are true or aliens are true or the Loch Ness Monster is true or the law of attraction is true, it's like, say, take the law of attraction, for example, right? So I can get that there's this reticular activating system in my brain that is helping filter out a lot of shit in the world because I just will just die if I like get hit with it all the time. Um, And so if I'm not looking for yellow vans, it's not going to show me yellow vans. But if I tell it that I want to see yellow vans, then I may see more yellow vans, right? I kind of get that. What I don't get, what I don't get is two nights ago, someone hit my car overnight and I was like, you fucking kidding me. I went into the money doom spiral. Like we just... We just put 600 pound away for a holiday. Um, and then this actual damage to the car, when I looked at the no claims, it was 600 pound. So there's yeah. your holiday gone. And then I went in a doom, like victim consciousness. And then I got out of it two days later and I meditated and I had a, a download that I'm going to go out to my car. Now there's going to be a note on the windscreen. And I went out to the car and there was a note on the windscreen from a guy saying, sorry, I hit your car and he's paying for everything. Right. Yeah. Now, some people are going to say that's just absolute, pure and utter random luck. And other people are going to say, Lee, you're the greatest fucking manifester I've okay. ever met. Yeah, you literally said you downloaded stuff too, just so you know. I, <laughs> I was like, I just had a download and then I meditated and then I manifested this thing and I just want to share that with you. I just love that. <laughs> so so like, let's just like on in my audience here now, like who are struggling with like alcohol addiction. What what do you do? Like if you read something like The Secret or something like that happens with the car and you have this clash in your mind between rational logic, head, space shit, and fucking body, heart, energy shit, how do you make a decision on, on where to leap? Like can you be in both camps? Do you have to be in one camp? Like Because I feel like a bit of a hypocrite. 
because you're in multiple camps at once, but you're a multifaceted being, Lee. Like you get to do it all, right? Um, I think this is beautiful because what we're talking about is like the quantum, right, which is probability as opposed to like the kind of 3D of like when this happens and this happens. But when you go into like manifesting, we're talking about working in the quantum field and quantum field works on possibilities, so if you're in a certain energy for a longer period of time, you have more of a possibility of creating that thing. Now that makes sense to me. Thanks. You're, cause you're, cause you're speak because you're speaking to my intellect. Right. But that's yeah. how it works. When you were talking about quantum field, we're talking about the field of possibilities. Okay. Literally. So let's just flip, let's just flip to Rico then. Right. So yeah. Rico is in like this, like what, you know, he, he's in this super Zen state all the time. So yep. the probability that good shit is going to happen to him and he's going to attract good shit people is likely to increase. Yeah, because he's spending more time in that energetic field. And mm. I feel like, so I like, I like to explain it like, because um, often I'll get clients to say if they're wanting to bring in like a holiday, they're going to bring in. I'm like, well, how is that going to actually make you feel? And, and then live in that vibration. So decide what that feel, feel what that energy is and then live in that vibration. And how I explain it is like, you know, when your mobile phone is like buzzing, but mm. when it buzzes, it like moves, it moves over, mm. it moves over and it moves over. So the more times you're buzzing at the same frequency that you want to call in, the faster that phone's going to move towards you. So really it's, it's like, it, it's not, it's not like, well, if you do this one thing, then you're going to definitely have that. It's not an if then, if then kind of world. It's a like possibilities. So the longer you spend in the energetics of what you want to create, the more likely you're going to have that. You're going to have things that reflect that energy come into your world because we are like all of our little atoms are held together by electromagnetic fields. And so we are giant electromagnets. This is how I see it. Right. And so if I'm vibrating at a certain level and I am um, spending time creating the energy that I want to bring in and being very clear on my intentions of what I bring in, I'm like literally a giant electromagnet in the world. So the more I can vibrate at that level, the faster I'm going to bring those things into us, into me. And they might be really far away in the land of quantum. And so I have to be in that for a really long time before it brings to me. And even then it's a probability, right? Like I might, Mm. it might be almost here and then the probability is something else happens or something bigger or something lesser or something totally collapsed and different. Right. But it's, um, but like, especially like the secret and all of the vibrational stuff. It's about like being in the highest probable chance that that will happen. So what, what I, the way that I would ex, so that the way that I would explain that in my rational logical way is uh, take somebody who's struggling to drink alcohol, for example. Um, <clears throat> if you go to the pub every night and drink, the likelihood is you're going to bump into a lot of people who are in the same spot as you. They're they're in the pub on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, by the bar drinking. If if you're then talking about the war in Ukraine, uh, the possibility of World War III, ChatGPT is going to grow into a monster, is going to consume the world. Oh, my God, did you realize yesterday that Doris died, Frank died, there was a rape down the road, and someone stole someone's Amazon parcel? Then you're actually feeling safe in that echo chamber as such because now you're accepted because you're moaning and groaning and someone's accepting you moaning and groaning um yeah. so now now you're attra- you're attracting environments you're you're actually attracted to environments and people that make you feel safe right that's how i would explain it. <laughs> the mobile yes. phone buzzing along the energy and 100% and because we want to be like we also want to be in homeostasis right so if we have lived at a certain level of energy our whole life that it feels comfortable and normal for us and there's like there's a whole there's an, a movie from the 80s called what the bleep do we know that i watched like last year and i was like mind blown and it was talking about this in like a biochemical sense right so if we're used to our biochemicals operating at a certain level we will do everything to kind of keep it at that point now there's something really interesting and this is my view around alcohol because it's important right so when we're living at a lower level of vibration and this is this explains like my 
my kind of when when I was like heavily into alcohol and partying and doing all those things I was living at a low vibrational level like I honestly was like really down I hated myself I hated my body my life sucked like I was in that space so when I drank alcohol because alcohol has its own vibration and frequency when I drank alcohol I would go up into this higher space and be like, fuck, I'm amazing. I mean, the next day it fucking sucked. But mm. at the time, the alcohol brought me up to a level that felt better than where I was. And then after a while, so after, you know, a while and I've been sober and I've been living a life of like being in the vibration. Now when I drink alcohol, it's like, it's like when I drink alcohol, I'm not enjoying it. Mm. Because where I live now is at a vibration up here. And I've, I've, I've taught my body to be at a biochemical level up here. When I drink alcohol now, where it is. Yeah. Mm. And so not only that, but then I have all of the old guilt and shame stuff around alcohol that will happen Mm. after I drink it. It's, it's less now because I use it consciously. Like if I'm doing it, it's consciously and it's, it's like very, very rare, probably drink like three or four times a year. Mm. And, but, and I can enjoy it while I'm in it now because I've had this awareness, but that's, that's my take on alcohol and why it's like, it actually does, when you're living it a life, when you feel like it's shit and everything's on top of you, it actually does make you feel better for a bit because it's a higher vibrational frequency. Is this, is this why, is this, is this also then saying that mushrooms and, and psilocybin and ayahuasca is at a higher level frequency? And then that's why people do that kind of shit. See, psilocybin and ayahuasca and all of that sort of like, even MDMA, like, how that works on your brain is like it opens up all of the connections in your brain and you have so much more awareness. Alcohol doesn't work the same way because it's, it's a depressant in the brain. So Mm. it shuts down that. Whereas IR and um, they all like open up all the connections. So you have more of, I've never had ayahuasca because I feel like I'm tripping balls anyway, just living. (laughs) So, so I haven't needed to go there. Um, and mushrooms, well, that was, I was in Amsterdam and it definitely wasn't a conscious choice. Um, so I think like that they're different, they are different things. So pe- people are using them as tools to access or be more ready, readily available to this space, energy, vibration, spirituality, this this thing that I still can't name, <laughs> yep. uh, that, you know, where, where Rico was dancing. Like Rico said, when I walk, like I don't walk, like I'm, I'm like, I'm, I feel like I'm levitating, you know? Um, and I guess, I think there was a part of me, like there was looking at him thinking, why aren't I like that? That there was definitely a, an, a, an approval piece in it. I said to Eliza, there was a part of me that was like, I want to be like this guy. Like when he's saying you have to do the work, I'm thinking to myself, not many people on the earth who, hasn't done the work that I'm doing. Am I doing the wrong work? You know, all that kind of starts happening, right? When we was in Elementum working together and I would talk like this, our coaches, as you know, would always say, Lee, 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 get out of your head. And I would say, no, I'm not getting out of my head. You don't know what you're talking about. And they were like, whatever, get out your head and, and come back when you get out your head. And I was so confused. I didn't know what they're on about. What were they on about? I love it. Well, I think that's it, right? Because it's the our mind is a beautiful, beautiful thing, but it creates um it creates well, we we use it for our creation, right? And it can create a prison for us. It can create nasty things just as much as it creates beauty it can create beautiful things. And our ability to overthink and my favorite fucking thing of the human experience is when I make up things that people think about me yeah, and why I do that in a negative way and not in a like, Oh, they're just waiting for me to, to, to talk to them because I, because they, like, why do I make up the negative thing? And I think that's, that's kind of what they were touching in on is like, there's, there's the reality of like the neutral events that are happening. And then we make up so much stuff around that. And sometimes uh- it's just, yeah. Go. That 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 prison can be safe as well. So like that prison could be safe, right? So yeah. so if I'm in my head all the time, that's my safe space. It takes vulnerability for me to get into my body. Yeah. What, what what do they mean when they say get into your body? 
what they mean is allowing the feelings or the energy that's there to move without taking it to our mind and then analyzing it and deciding what it means. Like our body has so much wisdom and we have all been taught to just like go up here and figure it out. And so much of, um, for me personally, my spiritual journey, cause I, I like when we did Elementum, right, this is a, there's, um, personality patterns. And one of them is the leaving pattern and the leaving pattern has, this is, I resonated so much with it, which is why I'm bringing it up because it, it also, I think has such a big play in the, in the world of spirituality. And so for me, I would cope by going out into the world, into the realms, talking about the positivity, talking about all of this stuff up here. And I have more access to that because I have the leaving pattern. My body, my soul was never safe enough to come fully into my body at the beginning of my, of my journey. And so it's given me a beautiful gift and my, um, my life's work, because I can access that easily. My life's work is being with the feelings that I go up into my brain or up into the spiritual to avoid because my, my somatic body, my, my physical body is telling me, telling a totally different story sometimes to, what I think I'm like other people are perceiving me as. But that that's a good example, right? And for people listening, Stephen Kester's actually been on this podcast. So go go back and listen to it if you want the five personality patterns. So this is a this is a good one for me. So it's like, okay, some guy read some literature, came up with a framework, and part of that framework was five patterns, and one of them was a leaving pattern. Yeah. Which, which goes into into soul and everything you just explained and much, much more deep. I mean, like is it, each more. each pattern in his book is a mini book, right? It's like huge. Yeah. So here's what I'm thinking about this, right? Somebody made that up. Like somebody yeah. made it up. And, and now I'm thinking to myself, and it doesn't matter that somebody made it up because it touched you and you related to it. And because your experience related to it, it gave you something to cling on to. It gave you hope. It gave you understanding. It gave you faith. It gave you confidence that, um, and, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You're not, you're not, you're not alone no more. You don't feel abnormal. It's like, oh, that's how I define with that. Right. Yeah really deep down it's acceptance right it's like oh that's an acceptable thing yeah but i'm even questioning now like do i have to accept that the leaving pattern is pure kosher science like do i have to accept that or do i have to accept that whatever it is it works and it helps and that's all that matters yeah see for me i believe that it's all so where I believe that we're all here walking each other home to ourselves and his work allows people to see themselves in a new way and go, ah, oh. like for me, learning about the leaving pattern was confronting him fuck as fuck. And also it was like, oh, oh, that's why. So really it just gave me a deeper level of acceptance for myself. Yeah. Like ultimately if we peel back all of the layers and I, I, can read something totally different and also conflicting to his stuff and be like, Oh, I feel myself in that. <laughs> I, I get, I get what you're saying. I, 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 so let me see if I get what you're saying. So when I read the rigid pattern, yep. I'm like, Holy shit, that's why I'm the way I am. And then the next time I get into a fight with Liza, for example, I can then recognize my rigid pattern and in that moment I have compassion and empathy with myself because it's my pattern, it's not who I am. That's what you're yep. saying. Yep. And that's how these frameworks can really work really well. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you deal or how have you dealt with like your spiritual skepticism? I I feel like I how I deal with my spiritual skepticism is I love that it exists. I love, because I just think like God, universe, I think the universe has the most hilarious sense of humor on the face of planet, of the place of the planet. And everyone's like, oh, spirituality, you got to be so serious. You got to do all the rituals. I'm like, I don't fucking think any of that is true. I think it has a great sense of humor. I see, uh, like, I see us like going, 
going up there where we're going, okay, what am I going to learn this time around? Like, what am I going to learn this time around? It's like, okay, we are wanting you to learn to come home to yourself and to open up these gifts that you have. And you're like, okay, what challenges am I going to get to get there? And it's like, all right, let's give you like super scientific brain, like the not wanting to be seen, like not wanting to appear wrong and like always get things right. And like, okay, go now go and work through all those challenges to actually truly come home and love yourself and actually walk, walk the path that you were supposed to walk. But it's like, it's going to throw everything at you to get you to go inward and, and shift your perspective and love yourself more. Uh, I, I, I look at it as, um, for me now, every, every experience is like, what, what, the, the way that I'm framing my world is I'll say like, why is the universe throwing this in my path right now? But I'm saying it very metaphorically. Like I, I'm, I'm used, I'm using a framework and I'm, I've created a character called the universe. It's a character for me. It doesn't exist. I've just created it. So for example, I have a framework where I am I am the only being that exists. Yep, me too. And and the, I created you. I created yep. Liza. I created Zia. And then I asked myself, why did I create them? So if I I'm I'm currently creating a documentary in poker, and each episode we got one or two uh, poker players in there. Um, if those poker players don't have an ascending series of obstacles and challenges that are in their way and a mentor to help guide them through it there is no story and you ain't going to relate to them so i'm always saying to myself okay i just had a fight with liza um why why did i give her the script to say that to me what is it that i have to learn right now um so when i'm yeah, when I'm faced with spiritual skepticism or I'm I'm with somebody who's on a different level than me, I'm like, what's the lesson here? And I actually, I mean, people at home won't know this, but when we was in Kaboom, I think, me and, was you, yeah, we was, was you, we in Kaboom yeah. together? Yeah. <laughs> Preston thought it would be hilarious to pair me with Claudia forward yeah. because Cla- Claudia is like the most crystal like she's built a house out of crystals. She has crystal yep. wands, crystal dildos, crystal everything. Everything. <laughs> yeah. And and she'd do a session with me and she would start by like talking to the gods and coughing and spewing. And I'd be like, what the fuck's going on? Um, yep. But I was there to learn. I was there to learn acceptance of other people who were different to me. Yep. And I feel like so much in relationship and even in this situation and when you're talking about Liza, so much, especially if we're the only thing that exists, right, and we're calling everything else is a reflection and we just get to put our face on the other person and say, what am I doing to myself on the inside? Why is this person, why is this being reflected back to me right now? Where? And, again, I'm like, where am I getting to love myself deeper? What is the part that they're showing me that's within me? Yeah, there's another part of that that I learned off Cara McLaren, who is also a guest on our show, and uh, she's got a book called The Language of Emotions. And on the chapter on hatred, I mean, I mean, I might butcher this, but what I took away from it was when I, when I'm triggered by somebody, I always say to myself, and I, I use hatred as the example. What is it about this person that I despise about myself? Or what is it about this person that I fucking love that I'm too afraid or ashamed to step into that power? Yep. It's such powerful work. And part of of it with Rico is I think I look at him and I think in in just a brief time we were together and I I worry that I would lose myself if I was to follow his path. Like I wouldn't know who I was. I'm scared of that. So he frightens me. Because what part of yourself are you unwilling to see at the moment that he is a reflection of? I mean, the first thing that came to first thing that came to mind is I'm not playing big enough. That's the first thing that came to mind. There are yeah. there are loads there are loads of things, small things about me just looking at him that I'm like I I, I don't think envy is a bad thing. Like I really don't. Like I I I right. envy I envy that he has a thriving business. I envy that he looks beautiful. I envy that he questioned me talking about the worst side of my wife because he would never do that. Like I, I I envy how he speaks about her. I envy his constant like 
happiness and upbeat and joy and yeah, like there's all that. And and that then leads to the question of, okay, so why do I envy it? I envy it because I want some of that myself. Okay, but if he's a reflection of you, does it not already exist within you? Yeah, because everything everything exists within me. Yeah. Right. And it's so interesting. Like the human experience is I, I freaking love us, right? Because we're so we're so um wired to look for the bad and stay away from it that like you're being reflected this part and it, with equal amounts that you could look at the bad bit and go, that's triggering me for a reason. Like he's triggering you into pleasure for a reason. And he's like, he's showing you a part of yourself. And it's it's you get to look at that with as much um, with as much vigor as you do somebody who's triggered you in anger or triggering you in disgust. Yeah. It's like, why is this lighting me up? Because I feel like that's one of the biggest things in our worldly, um, especially like in the coaching world and spiritual world is like, we're really good at looking at the shadows and the, and the things that trigger us and the, and the, you know, perceived bad stuff and, and, uh, and going through it and digesting it. Like you've just been shown something and you get to digest that with as equal amounts of um, curiosity and which you're already doing, but like he's reflecting to you a part of yourself that is beautiful. Yeah. Now that, that, that like I got light bulbs flashing off in my head now because you, you know me very well and the feedback that I've had, not just of you, but other people, is I is I is I excel. One of my superpowers is working in the shadows, working in the dark. Because you know, I look back on my life and I'm and and, and I'm I'm that's safe and natural, and you know, I flow in that. Um, what Biko showed me is okay, Lee. If you want to fucking step your game up here, there's another side that you've got to step in and learn more about the light. So that's what I'm I'm kind of getting uh, from this conversation now. I think, and the other thing, you know, talking about um, spiritual agnosticism, you know, like I just thought about is my meeting with Rico. Um, think about it. I'm just, I, we just talked about this guy for an hour. I haven't even asked his permission. I'll probably show him the podcast. He'll play fuck with me. Um, but for certainly 35 years of my life when I was drinking, I never consciously chose friends. And I never, I'm like, I always, my friendships were always around approval, security, and control. Um, and then I never questioned the value or the validity of them when I was in them. Um, now, when I go out with someone like Rico a couple of nights, later on, in the moment, I'm trying to be as present as I can. Obviously, some judgments slip in there and sneak in. But then afterwards, I'm really dissecting it. I'm really saying, um, what did I learn from that? What can I learn from this guy? What triggered me from this guy? And what is it showing me? Where is the projection? Where is the mirror? Um, is there value on moving this friendship forward? To me, irrespective of like whether that's spiritual, energy, whatever, it it shows an advancement of growth and knowledge and awareness and understanding that was was not there before. And there's an uncomfortableness around that. There's the should I be dissecting my conversation with my friend? <laughs> and then it's, it's like, no, I want to. Yeah. It's like, I, I love talking about this because I feel like we're so, we're so like good at suffering. And then when we get confronted with like, oh, there's a lot of pleasure here, right? It's equally confronting to go into the pleasure and dissect it and be like, oh, how can I make it more? There is just as much stuff that will come up for you looking to the pleasure and just as much growth that can happen for you looking into the pleasure. And we like, as a species, there's so much like, we're so addicted to going, let's look at the pain and see and move away from the pain. And yeah. right now you've been gifted this opportunity of like, how fucking good can you make it? And it's going to be equally as confronting, if not more so. Like often when I get, we move, like when I'm working with a client, we go, we go through all the dark, we have to remove and, and make space. And then when we go into that forward facing of like, okay, now where are we running into joy or pleasure? Um, like it is it, you're going to meet all sorts of parts of yourself that are going to come up and be like, whoa, this doesn't feel safe because that is a new vibration that you're running into and it doesn't feel safe because we're, we want to get back to the homeostasis. Mm -hmm. But when we run and we, like, keep pushing those edges, after a while of pushing that edge of pleasure, 
we're going to have a new availability of a different vibration we can be at. It doesn't mean we're not also going to experience all the other vibrations because they because we're human and we don't mm. get out of the human mm. experience. But it does mean that we can then have access to higher ones if we choose that at the moment as well. Yeah. I mean, just just after my time with Rico, I went to the doctor and um, they had to increase my thyroid medication, right? Um, which is obviously triggered by loads of different things. I think mold here in the house, but also stress, anxiety, and stuff like that. Um, but now, because I've been touched by Rico's energy, I I looked on my library and I dug out my thyroid healing book by the medical medium. Um, yep. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to look after myself. Like I've not been looking after myself, but uh, this guy's made me like look at him and I'm like, oh, I need to fucking look after myself, right? And um, and yeah, and he he was talking about Joe Dispenza and and um, like listening to it religiously. I love breaking the habit of being yourself, right? So I, I banged the book out. I'm like, I'm going to reread it now. I'm on a because I'm I'm a different version of Lee Davy than I was when I read it before. And I think meeting Rico is like he's telling me, Lee, you're ready. You're ready for this, right? And I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. It's why it's why he exists right in your world and a hundred percent it's totally normal to be scared in that because we're, we're literally being called to a different version of ourselves yeah. and it means losing the current personality like that you, there's parts of yourself that can no longer exist when you step into that version and that's scary because they've been a safe place for so long yeah yeah and and just to just to end uh, for every everybody listening to this, I think I think it's a beautiful ending. Actually, is <clears throat> here I am with my spiritual agnosticism and my intellect and rationality and w- want and desire to be in my head all the time and and, and less in my body. Um, and here's Rochelle, who's like you know really really comfortable, although sometimes skeptical, but really comfortable about all that kind of life and really practiced um, being in her body and not just in her head. And we coach each other <laughs> and we yep. both get a lot of value and a lot of healing yep. out of each other. So yep. if you're watching this and you're you're thinking, oh, which path do I have to go or which coach do I have to choose? You'll get something out of everybody you work with. You'll go, you'll get something. Um, you don't, I don't think you have to go one way or the other. Keep keep your world open to different possibilities and different ways of learning, right? Absolutely. I think that we're we're designed to be triggered and uh, go into different ways because we all each of our souls have keys for each other to grow and move into different ways of being. That and that's we just get to play with it, and nothing's good or bad. That's the thing. We just get to play with it. Well, you just use the word soul now. I think I might have to end this podcast by saying something rational. Um, <laughs> let's let's leave on the soul. Let's leave on the soul level. Uh, Rochelle, if people want to work with you and if anyone's listening, you should all have a coach. Uh, Rochelle is an amazing coach. She's my coach. I uh, wouldn't trust myself if anybody's hands were hers. Uh, how can they get older if they want to work with you? Absolutely. Come and, come and find me on Instagram at real, uh, Rochelle, oh, sorry, realign.withraku or on Facebook with, at Rochelle Love Raku. And I would love to reach out to me. If you have any questions following this, I'm a human and I love answering questions and having conversations. So reach out to me on either of those platforms. I'd love to speak to you. Yeah. Or email me at thestridemethod.gmail.com and I'll put you in touch with her. Rochelle, have a wonderful, I know you're going, oh, we're going to see each other next week uh, for a couple of sessions and then you're going to go away. Uh, so have a great weekend and thanks for coming on. I really appreciate you. Thanks so much for having me, Lee. It's been a blast. I've enjoyed every second. So thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Just a few thank yous. First of all, I want to thank uh, you guys and girls for listening to this podcast and being supporters of it. Many people stop drinking alcohol just by listening to this podcast. I got a lot of people reaching out to me, thanking me for that, right? So give this to somebody as a gift today or rate and review the podcast. If you can rate and review the podcast on your local podcast player and tell somebody about it, you could change somebody's life today, okay? So thank you for listening and thank you in advice in advance for that piece of service. Also want to thank our producer, Stan. Um, Stan is still currently in the Ukraine fighting the war and producing our podcast while his family is somewhere else in the world right now, okay, apart from him. So everybody send out your prayers and your love. Stan, we love you. Thank you very much for everything you do here. For you out there, if you are starting to think about, contemplate, 
uh, reflect on your relationship with alcohol. You do not have to do this alone. Yes, you drink alone, but you don't have to stop alone. Okay. And if alcohol is not your thing, but you are starting to feel that you actually are living a parts-led life. The ego is getting in the way too much. So you're not happy with the way life is going. Then reach out to us at the strife method at gmail.com. Just say Lee and just tell me what is on your mind. And we'll start to have that conversation. Strive community is a beautiful place where you can start to feel seen, heard, and matter. It's where you can get community, and it's where you can start practicing what we call the eight C's of self, our core values, right? Or creativity, curiosity, uh, connection, compassion, courage. Uh, I can't remember the rest of them, but there's eight of them, right? And we have our quest structure. So we have assignments, and they're really interesting, exciting. At the end of them, we say to you, come on. Do this quest, right? Get involved in this challenge. Um, and strivers are really finding it exciting. And they're working their challenges in these areas that are going to increase the amount of time they spend in self-energy, in a state of flow. And that is has amazing repercussions for the relationship you grow with yourself and for how you how you reach out to others in their life, like how you parent, how you um, are as a child to your, not child, but a son or a daughter, how you are in your relationship with the person you share your bed with and how you behave with your employees, right? So reach out to me at strivemethod at gmail.com if you want to learn more. Okay, much love, everybody.